It's NHL All-Star Weekend in Las Vegas and a special episode of SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast presented by the D-Hotel. Today, a feature-length interview with George McPhee. The Golden Knights president of Hockey Ops spends half an hour talking with us about a range of topics. How he once consulted with the Secret Service on how to conduct interviews. From whom he's learned the most in his managing career, first half evaluations, a showcase for Vegas as a hockey community this weekend, and even book recommendations. We also talk through the latest VGK topics, recent performances, when Jack Eichel might play, and where does he fit, plus much more. It's SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D-Hotel. And now, here's Dave. Well, thank you, Dad. Very nice all-star introduction. All-star? All-star, well, appropriately so. I am Some Guy Named Dave, Dave Gosher, Shay Knighty, Gary Lawless, Dan Duva. On SLGND, the uh, Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave podcast. Uh, great to have you with us here. The Golden Knights uh, sitting at the All-Star break course. Uh, just a great time here in Vegas with uh, college football All-Star game. You've got the Pro Bowl in Vegas and obviously uh, All-Star weekend with the skills competition and the game coming up at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, we're going to have the president of hockey operations for the Golden Knights, George McPhee, is going to join us here in a few moments, get his take on where the team's at and also just what this weekend means to hockey in the Valley. All right, guys, so they're past the halfway point. I mean, unofficially past the halfway point. Played 46 games this year. They've gone through a lot. Shane, I'll start with you. Um, big picture, where are they at considering everything they've gone through this year with injuries and COVID and all the rest? I think they have to be happy with where they got. I think you go back to Pete DeBoer talking about, you know, significant injuries early on dealing with COVID, which every team does, but the injuries they had. And, you know, I think we've only seen their full lineup. Is it two, maybe three games? with yep. everybody uh, on board. Uh, so that said, uh, impressive where they've been at. And, and maybe even more so to me is, you know, I like kind of the stance they took early. And, and you know, credit to the coaching staff because, you know, even us as, you know, as the media, the broadcasters and fans, you're like, you know, he talked about, you know, you know, looked at a lot of games. It's about the process. It's about the process, getting to their game. And there was times you're like, well, why aren't they at it yet? But I look, and it's hard to when you have that many – you know, players in and out of the lineup. And I look at that last road trip. I look at this last game and the style of play. Outside of maybe Carolina, they got off it a bit. Might be the best defensive efforts I've seen from them this year and most structure. So they are getting to their game. That that point of, you know, sticking with the process, continuing to get better. You're starting to see it all come together for them. You know, does the All-Star break come at a good time? Well, it does for health and other reasons. But uh, I think... I'm, I'm, if I'm them, I'm very happy where this team's been able to be and to stay and kind of tread water, as they said, through those injuries. But more importantly, you look at the structure of their game and hopefully now them getting more health, more to that lineup they envisioned and seeing their team, uh, it, uh, the structures in place, the foundation you want to build looks like it's finally getting to, to where you need. Now you can add those uh, you know, key pieces back in the lineup and hopefully now that switch, uh, you flip it up a notch here as you get past the all-star break. You wondered at times, Gary, if it was going to be one of those seasons, and who knows, that maybe they just would never get everyone healthy. But, and they haven't had anyone healthy yet, right? Martinez hasn't played in whatever, it's two, uh, two and a half months. Eichel's waiting in the wings. And yet, I was, I was looking at it earlier, they have lost two in a row in regulation once since the end of October with all this junk they've gone through. It's pretty impressive. It has been. I'll be honest. I didn't like the way the team was going during the homestand. And, you know, you have to step aside, step back every once in a while and you remind yourself Martinez is out, Eichel's out, you know, White Cloud and Hague have been in and out, and Stone and Pacioretty have missed. Stevenson was out the other night. Like, like we're not talking about small pieces. You list those names off on any team in the NHL and they're, you know, they're, most of those guys are top four and top six people. So uh, sometimes you forget that the road trip to me confirmed that they can play with anyone in the NHL. They held those opponents uh, to one goal, five versus five in every game. Uh, shut out Washington, but they averaged one, one goal against five E five for that whole trip. That, that's, that's kind of hockey you have to play to win, and that's without some of these big pieces that that they're they're gonna 
integrate at some point in time, hopefully. So I, I still don't know what the Golden Knights are. I'll be honest with you. I, I, one day, you know, if you listen to NHL uh, Serious 91. None of those guys, they they list their, hey, these are the top But is five, it not an advantage? Five, exactly. For sure. Yeah. I'm going to get to that. They're going to sneak up on people, exactly. which is hard to believe, right? You know, But no one thinks they're a contender right now because they, they go to bed at 9 o'clock in the East. They don't watch the late games, and they don't really know what's, uh, what's actually going on out in this part of the world. And, you know, Colorado deserves all the applause they're getting for winning 18 in a row at home, but they were healthy, and that's you. You, you got to make hay when you are healthy. Let's see what Vegas can do when everybody's in place. That's that to me is it remains the big question, and it's the great thing to be excited about. What's your take, Dan, on what you've seen here for the first forty-six games of the year? How would you encapsulate it? Uh, there's recency bias in all of this, and, and Gary makes the point, and I'm with you. When the Golden Knights go east to play Washington, Carolina, Florida, Tampa. We, as the broadcasters, are with the team, and so we're talking with people in person, many of whom we haven't seen in a couple of years. And to Gary's point, they're talking about the Golden Knights as if they've been in a time capsule, and they don't really know what's going on with the team the way that it is actually uh, the season has unfolded. How's James Neal doing with you guys? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, it's, you know, maybe not quite that extreme, but it, it, it was a little bit head-scratching, some of the comments that I heard. Like, yeah. people are really not paying that all that close attention. Of course, people do know about the Jack Eichel trade, um, but people are, were asking about Nolan Patrick. And, well, didn't you know that he missed 70 days? Yeah. And, and so on and so on. Anyhow, I, I'm interested to see what this group will look like should they get Eichel into the lineup? Because with all of the defensemen that have come through, it seems that whatever group they've got, and to the point that you guys made about structure, there's something there, and they can make that work. When you add a component like Jack Eichel to the mix, how does that bump people down? We've talked about top six forwards, and Stevenson, we presume, will be back from COVID after the All-Star break, but your top six are intact. And that's what the top six have been. None of the top six forwards were on the ice for any of the Vegas goals on the road trip. The bottom six forwards were on the ice for each of the Vegas goals on the trip until Stone scored in the seventh round of the shootout. But what happens there? And not only, of course, it's a good thing to add somebody to the mix like Jack Eichel. But remember, it's not simply adding a talented player and the aggregate increases. This isn't fantasy sports. They've got to fit together. It's got to click. And how much tinkering does Pete DeBoer do? Hey, let's try Jack here. And you imagine they've thought about this and talked about it. Well, let's try him here. Well, maybe it doesn't work. You know, Marcia So, Carlson, Smith, it seems to me that this year they've done their best to keep those three together. And maybe they don't stay together, but you know that at some point, if things falter, you can go back to those three guys. Yeah. It, it has happened over the course of the last four or five years. It's in your back pocket. Maybe you try different things, see what works. But you know, if you put those three together, something sparks and off they go. You know, I, you know, I wonder with, with Eichel, so you, to your point, Dan, so you figure Stevens, you know, we don't know about White Cloud, right? He's, when they get back here, they play the eighth and ninth of makeup games. Um, you'd, you'd have to wonder where does he fit in all this? You know, you'd, Martinez seems close, does he not? Um, that they, those makeup games, if they don't have everybody, they're going to have as close to everybody uh, with the exception of, of Eichel. What's your sense, Gary, about, you know, that's kind of, look, everyone wants, it, it's the million-dollar question, $10 million question with Eichel. Is there yeah. an expectation as to, it'll be three months on February 12th since the surgery as to when he might play? I have no idea. Uh, if I was the Golden Knights, I'd want him to play on February 16th against Colorado Avalanche. To me, that would be a, a, a pretty good, pretty good place to. It's at home. It's in Vegas. It's the you know the best team in the West right now. Um, team that that Vegas knocked out last year. But when you looked at the two teams, you're always kind of like, oh, they got McKinnon and McCarr. Well, we got Petrangelo, you know, but we don't have an ant, like they don't have a guy. Well, Jack Eichel's right there with Nathan McKinnon. So to me, it's kind of like uh, this is an arms race. Well. 
we just got our bazooka. And don't forget, the Knights and Avalanche will play twice in the span of, is it five games? Yeah. It's Colorado, Los Angeles, San Jose, Arizona, then Colorado again. And uh, yeah. with the frequency with which we saw teams last year, we forget that the Knights and the Avalanche aren't seeing each other eight times this yeah. season like we saw last regular season. It's, well, how many in the playoffs? Six more, right? right? Yeah. Exactly. Pete DeBoer's got another headache. Brett Howden. Yeah. What are you doing with him? <laughs> Playing. <laughs> Scoring. As yeah. much as yeah. you can. Exactly. No, I just like, you know, we yeah. talk about what's going to happen with the top six. What's going to happen with the bottom six? Like yeah. there's, uh, and so, you know, you said the $10 million question, you know, it, it they got to have 20, they got to get to 23 players at some point. And you saw a couple of things. I think that the Amadio signing is they like, they like Amadio. He's going to get placed on waivers at some point in time potentially if you have everybody back well now whoever is going to claim him you better really like him because you got him at whatever you know almost a million for the next two years one-way deal and thompson doesn't need waivers he can go down that's that's not an issue that that wasn't uh that wasn't a protection signing the amadio that one i saw it and i'm like oh, they don't want to lose him on waivers so and uh, keeping in mind that they've already lost a player on waivers this year in Patrick Brown. Yeah. And we know that that was not the intent. They didn't no. plan. Yeah. On no, they didn't want to keep him. Yeah, yeah for sure. So uh, uh, there's lots to shake out. Will there be a trade? Maybe, you know, and that's uh, George and Kelly. They, you know, George McPhee, you know, he, he, you'll hear him drop Lou Lamarillo lines into his speech every once in a while. And one of the, one of Lou's best ones is if you have time, use it. So they're not going to make a decision until they have to, they're going to trade somebody today because they need money off the books. When and if Jack Eichel returns the, the day before, I'm sure they've had conversations with people, other teams. I'm sure there's uh, you know, Arizona has put the sign out on its front lawn. We'll take money. You know, they will, they will take, they'll take, you've got a cap problem, we'll help you fix it. It's going to cost you, you know, a pick or a prospect or whatever. So there's places to park money if you have to. Um, I'm not going to speculate who it would be, but, you know, we all, we know it's going to be after you get to 23 players, it's probably going to be because you're going to take some salary off when you move guys down. It's kind of probably going to be around five and a half. If you're healthy bucks, if you're healthy, that's the whole thing, which is they haven't been worry about that when you have to worry about it. Right. Like, but I would imagine there is an escape plan in place that if they have to hit the eject seat, they can. Well, get rid of you and Shane. That's five. And then you figure <laughs> you figure the other half million right there. Wouldn't be much of a show without you and I, would it, Shane? And then you'd be competing with Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Exactly right. <laughs> then what? That's show over. That's you can leave, Shane. Uh, you can leave. Well, I don't know why he would, why he would want to jump and throw my knee in there. I have no idea. Guys, make all the big money. That's great. You didn't put it in the middle of his back. You put it right in his no, heart. It hurts my soul. <laughs> it hurts my soul. All right, uh, jerk face. So. <laughs> So uh, Dan kind of hinted at this as to where, um, you know, where does Eichel fit into this? Um, you know, the misfits have kind of been hit and miss for a while now. They were much better in the Buffalo game. That was their best game in a long time. Yeah. Like, is it time to take a look at another combination? Yes. There? Oh, 100%. Right. And, Absolutely. You know, and so what's the, what's that come out to? It's. Michael I don't know. Lewin. I think, and Dan was right. I think Pete DeBoer is probably in the coaching staff and management have probably got a board of just different scenarios, playing it around. Well, how's it going to look? I, don't, I still don't see how you cannot try him between Patch Ready and Stone. Like at some point, you got to take a look at that. You yeah. have to yeah, listen. Jack Eichel's not on the bench in the last minute of a period no. or of the game. When neither you, of the, when, and neither of those two goal. guys. And neither of those two guys. So that just tells you right off the bat that at some point in time, those three, du- those three dudes are on the ice together. And, uh, you know, do you have to play? Like, they don't play Crosby and Malkin together all the time. They didn't always play. But you've got that in your back pocket. You know, so, so you have to play them together for a while. Well, I don't see Jack Eichel centering to Donoff and Yanmark. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Like, he's not sure. playing third line. So you, no. you know, there. No. You look at the wingers: Pacioretty, Stone, Marsha, So Smith. He's a part of that somehow. Yeah. However you want to, you know, play it out. Maybe Dodonov fits in there. He's a guy that can play top. Six I think as well. they figure out duos. I think they figure out is it Eichel and uh, and Stevens and sorry and Pacioretty or and Stevenson and Stone. 
Like, do those two guys, do they go together like that? And then who plays with them? I think that's kind of where, if I, if I was doing it, that's what I would be figuring out. And, uh, and then finding those third pieces along the way. I will tell you this. Wherever that sheet is that Pete DeBoer has with those combinations... It's locked up. Wow. It's right next to the <laughs> or it's on an Etch-A-Sketch that he can erase right after because yeah. it's not laying around for people to see. And I, I'm interested. Yeah, like I, you say, I, there's, I don't think there's a chance he comes back for that Colorado game. I think it's maybe the month. you got to remember, so they're on a break. He needs at least, and this is all doctor-driven, right? Yeah. The, the whole thing, the, the disc replacement has to fuse with the bone and growth. and But. When he comes back, they're going to need a good two weeks of contact in practice, at least, and monitor how he. You'd looks know about that. that better than me. I, I just, would think. You know, he's an elite guy, and this he, is all he's way ahead. My whole oh, you watch was, him play, you think he can be out there. If there's no contact, my whole thing was based on. Oh, I'd love to opponent see opponent and where it is. Like his first game's going to be at home. You would think. Now maybe they they want to do it. You know, on the road and and you know. I think they'll put him in as soon as when he I think is the first game will play. be when he's ready. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you said, but but looking ahead, it is weird. We touched on the schedule a moment ago that they play. They come back from the All Star break. It's the eighth and the ninth in Edmonton, in Calgary, and then there's this long break again. It's another six yeah. days before you come back. And the sixteenth mentioned against Colorado, Kings on the eighteenth in San Jose on the twentieth, and then there's another break. They play the twenty fifth. Yeah, against Arizona yeah. and then Colorado. How much contact that. is he going to get, Shane? Like, they're not going to let anyone, they're not going to make him a tackling dummy and let people hammer him. Well, and that'll all be, the, the medical staff yeah. will be able to inform. They always have those there. They'll watch. It, it, it's not going to be immediate guys running him, but at some point they're going to want, you know, one-on-one battles in the corner, yeah, yeah, him yeah. taking bumps, yeah. him. I wouldn't uh, want to be the first guy that, that they say, hey, go over there and bump oh, a Dykel. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh. No, and, and and we always put talk it this about way: it. won't be guy, won't be a guy with a lot of term on his contract. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what happened to him? He's gone. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gone. Just, he's gone. He disappeared into the night. It'll be fascinating though to see what they come up with. Um, all that being said, they're in a real good spot. Uh, you know, you look at the division: it, it, Calgary, Calgary, and Edmonton have four games in hand on Vegas, six in hand on Anaheim. So they've got all these makeup games. Um, Everyone's schedule seems to suck in March. What do you say? The Golden Knights play 16 games in 31 days? And it's not eight in the month of February. Yeah, which is. So, um, but they, and they've, you know, that road trip east dominate Tampa for two periods and then the third period wasn't as good. It's like I saw that movie once previously here. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah in December, thing. it was the same thing. Yeah. And, and better result this Better time. result. Better result. Still able to get it. That was a big win. It was a great road trip for them, just the overall play. You know, some teams go east. I think Mark Stone said this. You could make that trip and get skunked and not win any games. Right. But they managed to pick up five of, of eight points uh, to put themselves well, in a real could, good spot. You could hear the relief in the organization. When we got on the plane to leave Washington that night after they beat the Capitals, like, okay, we got to win. You know what I mean? Like it was a major. And then when they picked up the point in Carolina, you got three points. You got, you know, you're you're one point away from any team would take – Four points on that trip. They eventually got five. It's uh, uh, that was uh, 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 getting skunked was that was in my head. Like going over four was not out of the realm of possibility. And I, I couldn't help but wonder when you don't play those teams. And, and yes, they have seen Tampa and Carolina this <laughs> season, but Florida and Washington. It's been a long time since you saw those clubs. And I think about in the minor leagues where the conferences really don't play each other. So when all of a sudden teams from opposing conferences meet in the final, you have no clue what you're getting into. Very different styles. We just think about, you know, the West Coast offense and football or different styles in the NBA, which is not to say that hockey is totally different in the Atlantic division versus the Pacific. But when you haven't seen a team in a long time, you almost want to dip your toe in the water and see what you're up against. It, it's different, and they came through it. And just I, like you said, Gary, to start with a win, and the way that they did it with their first shutout of the year kind of puts them in that comfort zone. We can do well against these teams we haven't seen in a while. Bookending the trip with the wins, uh, the win over Montreal and the one after uh, against Buffalo was really important too. Because I looked at I looked at it as six games. And, you know, you got now all of a sudden you got nine out of a possible 12 points. And that's uh, that's a real good that's a real good section of uh, of hockey.
Well, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast brought to you by the good folks at Findlay Automotive, Findlay Acura Jaguar, Lincoln, and Chevy. Joining us here on the podcast, the president of hockey operations for the Golden Knights, George McPhee, joining us. George, uh, thanks for the time. The team's, yeah, first off, huge weekend here in Vegas, and I do want to get to that, but mm-hmm. what's your assessment as to where this team's at? 46 games in with everything you've dealt with here, COVID and injuries so far this season. Well, I'm happy with where we are. Uh, it's been a really difficult season. I, I can't recall really uh, going through too many seasons like this in the past and been doing this a long time. And typically when you have uh, this uh, number of man games lost, you're in last place. Um, so uh, I think our guys have done a terrific job. The coaches have done a terrific job and uh, would be really nice to get uh, close to healthy and see what we can do. You must shake. Uh, there must have been a stretch earlier this year where you just shake your head. If 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 you didn't have bad luck, you'd have no luck. It seemed yeah. like you couldn't go two games in a row without losing something. Yeah, and it's been constant and endless. It's, uh, um, you know, just we we finished that that road trip. Uh, I thought we were doing real well, and uh, down to two guys out, and then you come home and you're six guys out. <laughs> How much do you think that can strengthen a team, though, having dealt with all that now? You know, eventually, you don't know, but hopefully when you get healthy, yeah. you think it strengthens the organization? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's, I think it really helps an organization when guys uh, take on more responsibility, play higher in the lineup, get more minutes. And we've seen it with a lot of players and they've done really well with it. So it does make your team, if you can survive it, it does make your team better. And, uh, I, you know. We really like this team uh, when when we're healthy. It's a pretty damn good hockey team. I'm good at taking credit for stuff that other people say, but Shane's sitting right there, so I can't really do it in this case. <laughs> we were just talking about, you know, no. all of a sudden you're hearing about Colorado and Florida and Tampa and Toronto and Vegas is never, you don't hear Vegas mentioned with that group anymore. And Shane said, that's a good thing. You're yeah. a little bit off the radar. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, don't mind being an underdog. And uh, those teams have played really well and deserve uh, whatever accolades they're getting. Um, and I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, we can be healthy and uh, really uh, thrive and take off in this in this second half. There's a stat out there today. We're going to switch gears, I think. Is that okay? Whatever you want to do. No. It's your, it's your, it's show. your show, Gary. Well, my, my, my name's in it, so yeah, fair enough. And there's a stat out there today that Vegas we'll is... change that. Vegas will, be, <laughs> Vegas will be the first city to have hosted an NHL All-Star game, an NFL Pro Bowl, an NFL Draft, and a Super Bowl. All those things are going to happen in the next... Uh, Couple of years, three of them, and no other city's done that. No other city's ever history done. History of the yeah, of wow. course, yeah. And when you came here, you know, like where we're sitting here right now was this was desert. This was a piece of this was sand. Right. Uh, yeah, and, I remember and, looking at it and saying, "What do we got here?" Yeah, I mean, a lot of sand. Yeah. yeah. You, you worked out of a, an office with a bunch of people doing title insurance. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. Uh, but again, it was like this didn't resemble. A, there was nothing. There's no hockey team here. And now you're the, the, the celebration that's going to take place this weekend, NHL team has been to three Final Fours, American Hockey League team, American Hockey League rink about to open, the rink we're in now, the rink in Henderson. Like, like this is – you guys hit fast forward. It's pretty wild. Yeah, and I, and I think everybody uh, that's uh, employed by the organization should be mighty proud of what's been accomplished uh, it is remarkable what we've been able to do and to put a good team on the ice, to really uh, be embedded in this community as we are. Um, and we've got an all-star game in a hockey market that's absolutely thriving. And and so um, it, it means a lot to us. Uh, we've you know, got a long way to go, but uh, boy, you don't see many uh, stories like this. Do you allow yourself, George, I guess the way you approach your job, I would think you have to be in the moment day to day, but do, yes. you, do you take time occasionally to look at it from 30,000 feet and say, this is nuts what's what's been accomplished here over five years? Not very often. You don't have a lot of time to reflect. Yeah. You're just uh, focused on uh, the here and now and, and, and the f- future. Um, every once in a while, uh, it comes up. Uh, 
rumor has it they might be making a, a movie about the the Vegas Golden Knights first year and uh, I talked to a couple of people that uh, involved in in that effort and they you know they are asking some interesting questions and uh, and how you know I felt about um, you know about getting to the finals the first year and uh, and I said well I I, I didn't I didn't feel great about it because we didn't win. And, uh, and the one guy said, yeah, but you know what? Um, you know, lots of teams have won Stanley Cups. And, and, and you know, I, I don't think anybody in this community was disappointed. Uh, they were really happy with what they had in this team. But lots of teams have, have won Stanley Cups. No team has done what your team did, what this team did. Okay. Shane said it. Yeah. Shane said yeah. that perfectly. I, said, too. I, said, I just said, I think I said that was the first time, you know, every team starts off. There's one goal, you know, when you play, make playoffs, win the Stanley Cup. So that time, you know, there's more teams now. There's going to be 31 teams that didn't accomplish their goal. I said that was the only year I'd ever seen where two teams won, accomplished the goal. It was the first time yeah. a team ever lost at one because yeah, it was. It, it was it's the most historic inaugural season in all of pro sports. Yeah. When, you know, when you put it that way, it, it uh, yeah. you get some goosebumps. So yeah, you do. with the movie, do we get to play ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> or is it uh, much, much better looking? Yeah. Yeah. If that, if it ever comes to fruition, they'll, they won't be using us. No. Tight, is there a time frame point. on that, George? Have you heard, is there anything more? Just no. A, no. no, not that I can disclose. Uh, <laughs> at a later time. Well, I, I was thinking back to the Stanley Cup final and now this feature event with the All-Star Game. And there were people who had not come to Las Vegas, high profile people who had not seen any games, regular season or postseason. They had not seen a Golden Knights game until the Stanley Cup final when there was so much media attention here. I wonder for the people who might still not have come, who might be here for the All-Star event. And maybe they were here for the finals four years ago, and this is their first time back. What would you hope that those people take away from hockey in Las Vegas? Um, that uh, you know, it, it, it's just uh, again, we're, we're very uh, Vegas centric, and like we we've got we're, it's Vegas, so we put on a Vegas show, and uh, and we do a good job there. Um, I would hope that they notice all the, the Vegas logos uh, all over the place in this town and what this, this hockey team means to this community and what this community means to this hockey team. Um, again, I've, I've used the word thrive a couple times today already, but hockey's thriving in Las Vegas. Um, staggering numbers in terms of uh, the number of people that are playing hockey in this state now. Uh, Darren Elliott was a fantastic uh, addition to this organization to be able to run these facilities the way he does, to have as many uh, uh, people playing and the the, 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 the growth of you know, six or seven hundred percent in num like kids under eight years old playing hockey, boys and girls. Um, you know, I think we had maybe a thousand people in the whole state playing when we got here um, now I think we're above 4,000 and we'll just keep growing that exponentially um, you know Bill Foley may have been the only person who thought this might work uh, I think the I thought the NHL was really prescient in in in, in picking uh, Vegas as a place to come and play and there, there was some risk in that um, uh, but they provided us the rules to to uh, to be able to draft a good team and uh, give the give the market a chance, um, I didn't know. I was really I remember when Bill, uh, you know, I think he got the franchise on a Wednesday. I sent my resume on a Thursday or Friday. He called me on a Sunday, and we had a talk uh, for about forty five minutes. And he sold me on Vegas. It wasn't you know it's supposed to be me trying to sell him on me. Uh, to get the job, but he was selling me. He said, you know, this is what we, we've sold in tickets and everything else, and this is what we think we're going to do in sponsorship. And I'm going, really? <laughs> like, you know, it, it's going that well? And uh, I, I said, man, uh, you know, I needed a job. I wanted to, you know, uh, 
to come to Vegas. Um, but it wasn't until we were here for a little while that Kelly and I sort of looked at one another one day and said, we've got everything we need here. You know, we've got this real robust fan base. We've got an owner with resources. It's a great place to, to live and work. Weather's right. You know, all the, all the reasons why players would want to come here, no tax, state, and so on. And I remember we, we both said at about the same time, um, if we do our jobs here, we can win. It's up to us, but we've got everything we need. If we do our jobs, we can win here. And, uh, and Bill Foley has been remarkable and, uh, he's engaged, he's involved, but we make the decisions. He leaves us alone. He respects the, the, uh, the command structure and everything else, his days in the military. And he hired us and we just went to work. And he checked in every once in a while, but we went to work. We hired the people we wanted to hire. And um, I don't know what your question was to get to my answer, but... Uh, but um, well, we were wondering what people might take away from hockey in Las Vegas. And I think you've just painted the whole yeah. thing in a way that, that nobody else really could. I find it so interesting, not only because this is a hockey franchise that is winning, but it's also a business that is succeeding. And it's you've talked so much about people. And at the risk of sounding self-serving here, what do you look for in a person, whether it's an athlete, a coach, uh, whomever else in the organization? What do you look for when you're trying to hire somebody or bring somebody into the organization? Well, certainly, uh, what kind of ability do they have? But it's it you know it's it's all about you know the same things. We we talk about the the low ego and and the, your character and everything else. Uh, you know it when you see it, um, and it's it's not unlike uh, you know when you when you bring a player to your organization. It's it's who's inside that jersey. What kind of person is it? Because that's the difference maker at crunch time. You know? I heard you on a podcast recently with Carl Alsner and Stephen Wino, and they talked to you about when talking with potential draft picks, one of the questions that you had asked was, can you tell a joke? Is that true? You asked players at one point to to tell a joke in, in that kind of setting? Yeah, way back then we did. Uh, um, it's interesting. Uh when I was in Washington, uh, um, we worked. I, I worked with the Secret Service to come and teach us interview techniques. Um, and when we were here, we had uh, Tom Monahan and uh, another detective uh, work with us, just to sort of maximize those interviews. And you know, how can you get these kids to open up and tell you the things you need to know? How the hell did I get hired? <laughs> we're still one. We're all. Yeah. Hey, we're all don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Three out of four ain't bad, eh, George? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Gary had a great joke, obviously. Yeah, like, well, no, actually, when he said Two that, guys I guys walk into a bar. When he said that, I started, ro- I started rolling the jokes that I could tell through my head, and I realized I can't t- tell any of those. Right. I would get fired. Right, right. <laughs> well, and of course, well, it's not the joke itself. It's you see how somebody thinks. How they it. react. Yeah. Do they even want to have anything to do with it? Do they. They have the confidence, the deep down in their soul, to sit there and tell a bunch of adults uh, they don't know a joke, um, and you know it, 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 we're actually trying to do it to get them to relax. Yeah. But some kids, you know, couldn't come up with a joke, but they'd come back later. You know, yeah. they can. Can I? You know, I'm back. Can I tell you my joke now? <laughs> and you know, you, 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 you learn a little bit more about you learn a little bit more about the kid. Kid leaves the room, uh, talks to his agent. Go back, tell him the joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agent yeah. Back in there. This was, one's moderately clean. This was really yeah. clean. Well, for a couple of years, we before we even got the interviews going, the kids would come in. I got a joke. You know, yeah. so it was a know, the, the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny yeah. that you say all this because when I met you uh, was at the combine and you were uh, consulting with the Islanders, and they didn't even go to the combine. And you really believe in that process? Yeah, and I I've always um, believed that the manager should be fully in, invested in that as well. Um, I, I I think uh, you know if you if you watch the kids as much as you can watch them, their draft year, and you can interview them, then you can ask better questions of your scouts, and and if you're asking better questions, you get better answers, and you know, there were years uh, 
when I was working in Washington, I'd go to that draft and I, I just felt, you know, we knew it. We just, we just know this draft. And, and then you get lucky when things sort of fall where you want them to fall. Um, and then there are other years, that, you know, you just didn't get it as, as much as you'd like to and you're not so sure. But it takes a heck of a lot of work. And I think the manager has to be really involved in it to, to get the best results. Other teams operate uh, in other ways. Uh, everybody has their, their way. Everybody runs their own race, but uh, I, I think if you're doing the job right, uh, you, you've got to you've got to be involved in that with your scouts. And I remember the first five years in Washington, I was just leaving the scouts alone to do their own thing, and uh, we weren't getting any players. Um, I was lucky to have a job after five years, but we um, so we we changed everything. We didn't change a single person. We just changed the way we did it. And then I made sure as a manager, I was much more involved. And it's, it's not saying, no, we're taking this guy or that guy. It's sort of working collectively together to get to the right place, to keep going over things and until you get to where you're really comfortable with this is the best player and this, you know, anyway. Um, Again, I, I can't remember what the well, question was. Well, you just now you, best now, you kind can, of now I have kind of ago. a just in a personal because maybe it was your easiest draft, maybe not because I know who went second, but Alexander Ovechkin drafted a player now that has the chance to beat Wayne Gretzky's goal thing. What does that say to you at that time, and what was that like for him? Was that was that maybe your easiest pick? Well, it was. I think it was easy for the scouts. Because uh, we won the lottery, and I, my first call was to Ross Mahoney, uh, just a terrific uh, amateur scope, maybe the very best in the business, and said, we just won the lottery. Who are you taking? And he said, it's Ovechkin. we got to take Ovechkin. I said, okay. And, but then we got into it, and you've got Malkin yeah. sitting there. And you don't know all that you know now about these guys, but that would have been the more traditional pick because you want to – you know, have strength down center, and then, you know, you start in the goal, then the blue line, then the center, and then you get to the wings. And But, um, you know, the more we looked at it, the the, the more we just thought uh, Ovechkin was just so unique in the way that he could play, and he was and is. Um, but I'm, I'm more, you know, you know, he was expected to go there. I'm more proud of some of the – you know the players that uh, whether in, in, with that particular team, whether it's a John Carlson yeah. who was a Norris Trophy candidate that we I traded Steve Eminger for him at the draft, um, and Eminger was already in the NHL, and we were going to have to wait a few years, but we just thought there was something special there. Uh, uh, Kuznetsov at 23, and there's there's lots of great stories. Yeah. Uh, getting a Holtby in the fourth round and drafting all the good goalies we did anyway it's um it's a it's a fascinating process that takes a lot of work and you've got to be committed to it to to get it right last one for you george because we've probably already taken up too much of your time no this is fun guys i uh, and, and you know what this is this is a a fun weekend this is uh, no obligations i'm just going to go to all the different events and see old friends and see the the new stuff that's going on that's have great. some fun i was just curious you've run across i'm sure great hockey people in your career who's had the biggest impact or impacts on you as to how you do what you do and how you think this should be run from the top down um well probably uh, two people uh, pat quinn and uh, would be the first because you know, he's the first person I worked for, and that was more about, uh, um, you know, how to treat people. And uh, he was amazing. He he had time for everyone, always did, and uh, treated people right. Was an outstanding hockey mind. He was a real. There was a. He was a deep thinker, a real real brilliant guy. Could have done all kinds of different things, but he followed hockey and he thought. Hockey could be a noble profession in in his mind. Um, I thought uh, I thought he was a better coach than manager, um, but he was, you know, he was, he was pretty darn good at both because he, he he had a lot of success with uh, 
with different organizations and different teams that uh, usually weren't the highest, the most talented teams, you know. Uh, and then I would say uh, Lou Lamorello, having played in his organization, uh, being there for a couple of years, um, he was just an incredible detail guy on everything. And it is all about team. Um, and there's no hierarchy and he just, uh, he believes in it and he's good at it. And, uh, he's, I think he's someone that, uh, anybody that's worked with him or worked against him, you just have a tremendous around amount of respect for, uh, the commitment he makes uh, to run an organization and how he does it. And uh, I, I really believe players really like structure and discipline and that kind of environment. Uh, I think uh, players succeed in, uh, in that kind of environment. And um, I love the way he, he runs his teams. You used a Kelly, a Kelly McCrimmonism in one of your answers before. And so I want to follow on Dave. How much have you guys rubbed off on one another? Uh, Kelly and I? Kelly McCrimmon. Um, it's been um, a, a pretty remarkable relationship uh, for me, and I hope it has been for him, especially, you know, later, you know, I'm 63 years old now, and, you, you know, are you going to, you know, I've, I've lived a, a full life and met a lot of people. At this stage of my life, to, to meet a guy I didn't know, and to be able to work with him, um, I, I think he's he might be the very best hockey man I've ever worked with. Um, he's a, Kelly's a, a deep thinker, real bright guy. Uh, you'll never outwork him, um, and he knows this game. It's it, it's it's just a, it, we have just really rich discussions um, uh, before games, after games, during games. Um, and uh, I think we see the game um, in in really similar ways in in all the different ways you have to look at the game, uh, whether it's the front office, the team, uh, equipment staff, medical staff, whatever players. Um, I, we I don't know that we've ever really disagreed on anything. You know, we, we've we've had some debates, but man, it's it's. Uh, it's worked really, really well, and uh, I'm glad we have it the way we have it now. Um, you know, it, it we we made a title change, um, and as a you know, in my position, I have a lot of respect for Kelly and a lot of respect for the GM's job. So I have to give him the room to do that. Um, you know, people can look at it in different ways. Like, uh, you know, I'm sort of stay out of it, not out of it, but allow him when we're in certain meetings, everything else that it's his meeting and I'm, I'm not saying anything. And some people might look that as at that as a weakness. I, I, I see it as a strength and, uh, and allowing Kelly to, to do his job. But, um, you know, we start every day, uh, we're in early, we have breakfast uh, together and, around the players and the staff and then we have lunch together and and we've done a lot of dinners together you know we we uh it just it, it really it's it's worked fantastic and i i i i believe that it's really worked uh well for this franchise certainly sounds like you've helped each other grow yeah and and it's it it's it, it's a challenge for both of us to you know to to keep pushing keep um, keep making this organization better and it's it's not unlike playing in a good league or in a good division if you've got a bunch of good teams around you it just makes you better and uh, I, it's been a, a fantastic uh, experience for me I've really enjoyed Kelly as a, as a person and a hockey guy and uh, um, I'm glad he's with the Vegas Golden Knights Can I ask one more question to make a hard pivot to books? You're a reader mm-hmm. What's uh, Now it's All-Star break some people might have a few days here What books um have you read lately that you might recommend something on your reading list right now well i'd have to pull up my phone uh it's over there um i'm actually just finishing messier's book before that i read uh, a great novel uh all the light we cannot see um i just gave kelly a book that i read years ago 
the Killer Angels. That won, it's historical fiction about the Civil War uh, that won a Pulitzer Prize. Uh, um, boy, I've, I've read a bunch, but I can I, I have to open my right, and, and I read them all on my phone now, which is crazy. On your really? phone, yeah, really? yeah. Wow. That's what I'm doing when we're flying. I have, <laughs> buy an and, iPad. And uh, no, I because I, I can just pull my phone out anywhere. And if yeah. I'm standing in line or Read something, for a few minutes. And, Teddy Roosevelt used to do that. He'd always have a book, and just he'd have five minutes between meetings yeah, and just pull out his I, book. I, yeah. I love it, and I, and it's I, I don't know why, but I'm I'm able to get on a plane and whether it's a one hour trip or six i can read the whole way through i'll nod out a few times but i can just read the whole way through and and that's sort of i like getting on the plane and not having wi-fi uh, uh-huh. not, oh, you okay. know that was gary's <laughs> nightmare <laughs> yeah that's gary's yeah. hell yeah look like right yeah. now yeah. how, right how, right how, how can you swipe through yeah. twitter without doing yeah. internet <laughs> oh, so. well george thanks for this it's uh this weekend's this culmination of all the work for five plus years everyone's done here and uh thanks for taking the time yeah well thanks for all that you guys do gentlemen because it's 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 not what we tried to do when we started hiring people with the exception of gary maybe but um (laughs) you know like it kept repeating to kelly let's let's get the best human talent we can get for every single position in this organization so that whenever someone outside of this organization comes in contact with anybody in this organization, they know that we're full of professionals. And if you're getting the best people in every single position, you should have one heck of an organization. And we've really, really focused on that. And, uh, and what you guys do on the air and, um, or the radio frequencies, it's, it's, uh, it's fantastic. And uh, just so you know, I, you know, when a game's over, I leave the building. Um, a lot of guys like to stick around and rehash the game, but I've often thought that sometimes too emotional and people are venting, whether you're won or lost, people are venting. I like getting right out and I'm in the car listening to you guys on the way home. You know, so know. Oh, there's pressure. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Do you yeah. go home and watch the re- replay yeah. on 18? I would no. watch that on mute. <laughs> yeah. Right. I no. would encourage mute. I, I uh, I'll often uh, watch the game again because I can't. You know how it is. You can't yeah. sleep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're wired. You guys are wired. Yeah. You get home, and so you watch it again. Well, thanks so much. But, uh, thanks, George. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Well, we thank George McPhee once again. That was, was just fantastic. You know, I, I was worried we were taking up too much of his time. Most people don't want to spend that much time with us. He just kept on going. Yeah, he, he just uh, felt very comfortable and, and just uh, terrific that he would spend that much time and be as, as outgoing and candid as he was. Yeah, I, and he's always good, but and somebody just said it was a step above. It really was. Uh, I think he was comfortable. It, it, it is a weekend of celebration. He's relaxed. There's no games he has to worry about. Doesn't have to worry about testing or players, who's in, who's out for a few days. So I think you get him in a relaxed uh, setting. And for me, I'm just, you know, a lot of times we're talking, I might nod off when you guys are, but when George was here, I was just like, just entranced in what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah. Hang on every be great. I'm going to have to, you know, listen to it again. It was, it, he was tremendous. Yeah. yeah. Just great. Just great. You know, and it, it is, and I try to keep this, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I do try in my own thinking to keep the bigger picture in mind of just what's gone on here for yeah. five years. You know, we were joking around George, where we're sitting right now is just sagebrush. Five years ago, didn't exist. Right. And, and that's now why it's, it's developed and everything it's developed. I, that's why it's interesting to me to ask, how have they done it? Um, and a lot of that has to do with people. You heard a lot of, you know, some of the interviewing tactics that he has in finding people because those things have not only put into motion the success so far, those things are likely to lead to continued success down the line so that this is not simply a flash in the pan. Yeah, he the the answer he said gave about Pat Quinn, he always had time for everybody, mm. which is remarkable, man. And, and I will say, like, you know, George with us over the last five, he's always, you know, oh yeah, he'll always have a visit, he'll always yeah. have a chat with you. It, it's I never feel like let me put it this way, I never feel like he's too busy just no. to even say hello and have a brief chat with us. But this no. today was was uh, was a real real special treat. So Yeah, well, he can come anytime he wants. He can. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see you in the next podcast. <laughs> well, and it really, and I think it is, it, it's a time to, you know, he says he doesn't look at it often, but this is a celebration of what he's created, all the people yeah. have created here at the All-Star Weekend. And it's, 
when I came, the thought of coming here for me, the attraction, yes, was to call games and have a job, but the attraction was to build a sport in the desert in Vegas that had been my whole life. And now we're seeing it. He mentioned the numbers. We know how it's grown. I think in Nevada, it's, it's up 200%, whatever it is. I, I, I'm not really good at math, but no. it, it's a lot, no, Dave. Not. It's a lot. You, yeah. Your BU math Several. can maybe play in there. <laughs> um, but to me, that is impressive. Now, Vegas is, you know, they're on the stage to show off that, hey, not only is it just Golden Knights here, we can go through the Silver Knights, the arena's being built, but the growth of hockey grassroots level not even at the grassroots level well importantly there but overall adult leagues everybody that has not only loved the golden knights but loved the sport of hockey and they get a chance to celebrate it this weekend i say a lot i love the fact that they love the game as yeah. much as they love this team, exactly, which is phenomenal. Yes. Um, well, this will be a special weekend. I know uh, we're all kind of part of it, Dan. You, you'll be real busy. The skills, Shane, and I are going to help screw that up on you on, uh, <laughs> on Friday at That'll T-Mobile. It's a, it's a SLG uh, and D. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty kind much. Of, what is a, it, do we call it a kind of podcast or yeah. is it, it a call? Is it a call? Yeah. Was was it Garrett Calloway who uh, or, or Sage or Nate? So one of uh, our great one of the brain trusts. Uh, People you know, smarter than us. We could just have uh, take much. For, you know. If you have Dave and Shane and Gary and Dan together on the air for an extended period of time, it's basically going to be a podcast, except in this case, we're going to have NHL players showing off their skills on the ice with, you know, 18 or so thousand of our best friends in attendance. So that'll be different. And the All-Star Skills Competition Friday. 4.30, 4.30, and then the All-Star Games on Saturday, shortly afternoon. So yeah. uh, lots of coverage on the radio, and not only here in Las Vegas, but glad to have the uh, the national pickup with SiriusXM NHL Radio, and that's wonderful. So we get to get to speak to not only the Las Vegas area, Dave, we get to yeah. chat with all of North America. Yeah, that's a, it's a big place. Uh, well, this is going to be just a celebration of a of hockey in Vegas, but also a great weekend here uh, in Vegas as well with everything going on in town. Thanks for tuning in uh, to a real special podcast. Once again, our thanks to Jordan McPhee for joining us on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast. We'll talk to you next time.